Today on the Next Phase with Steve Key podcast, I'm joined by a communications executive who, like myself, has his roots in journalism. I'm going to speak with Sean Pasternak, Assistant Vice President, Global Communications with Manulife. You know, I find that time flies because as I was looking up some information, I realized Sean has almost been at Manulife for nine years. Now, prior to Manulife, I got to know him for his time at Bloomberg News, where he covered the financial markets. He he frequently reached out to me during my time at the Toronto Stock Exchange, Uh, but I wasn't his only person he went to. He spoke with many of the country's leading CEOs, policymakers, and government officials. His work has appeared in a number of high-profile publications, including the New York Times, Globe and Mail, National Post, International Herald Tribune. He joins me today to talk about communications and a little bit of the transition from being a journalist to being a communicator. Welcome, Sean. Uh, thank you. Very kind of you. And thank you so much. Uh, pleasure to be here. You know, after high school, your high school, you went to, to Humber for journalism. You know, why journalism? And when did that bug actually bite you? So great question. I've always considered myself to be a storyteller, first and foremost, which is why I'm so glad that I'm continuing to do that in my career. Um, probably, you know, yet yeah, right in high school, I think that would be when it first started. I always knew I really enjoyed writing. So how can you leverage that? How can you move, you know, onto a new career with it? So it was just really building on that and sort of the natural evolution is, you know, what can you do that actually, you know, gets you a career in being able to tell stories and also to write as well. Did you find the Humber experience was a good training ground for you? I really did. And at the time, like my first love was community news. And so I was able to, through through Humber, just do internships uh, at some of the local publications just in my own backyard. And, you know, just nothing beats practical experience. So you can, you know, have all that classroom learning and that's effective to a degree. But once you're actually in the trenches and doing the work, you get a much better feel for what lies ahead too. Now, you started doing some work. Again, you, you talk about the community newspapers. You also did some work in, in magazines, almost a, a lost art today. I mean, we, uh, we, we see very few of them out there. And, and then you made the, the, the stop at Bloomberg. And it was unlike any other of the media outlets I'd been uh, dealing with. And you, you were there sort of in early stages. Uh, the Bloomberg experience the Bloomberg way of doing things was must have been a, a, a bit of a challenge for you. It was. So if, if it can maybe take a step back. So when I was doing community news, which again, you know, world I really love, it just wasn't very lucrative. Uh, not at that period of time. Um, so you start looking at, okay, what else can you do with, you know, with journalism experience and how can you, you, you move that forward? Um, so at one point I was working four jobs at the same time, three of them full time and sort of stumbled upon an internship opportunity at Bloomberg. And at the time, like, you know, we know it now, it's one of the largest news services globally, and it was still quite large at that point. But in Canada, it was undergoing this rapid expansion mode where I I feel to this day, they were looking for warm bodies to fill their newsroom. I happened to be a warm body at the time, but an amazing experience. To your point, like it's such a different way of practicing journalism and even you know the, the unique language that they use and the way 
just the ethics they put behind everything. It, it's such a different experience and it opens your eyes up to so much else in terms of what, what else is out there too. But I, you know, it, it's, it's, it was the way that you would have to operate. And maybe this was, maybe this is the way all the wires, uh, as I would refer to would operate. I, I remember we were down in New York at a, on an investor day when I was at Sun Life and I was sitting behind you, you were, you were down there and it was almost as if you had this air traffic control system of Bloomberg and you were like firing out pieces and then there were rewrites and there were additions and, and the Bloomberg story sort of would come together as a bit of a puzzle and you would, you know, eventually have the final product, but you know, the, 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 the key there was to get things out as they were happening unless I'm missing the boat on that altogether. No, you're absolutely right. And I, and I remember that, that, that trip as well to New York. Um, yeah, a lot of it is doing your research ahead of time so you can prepare for any, you know, potential scenario. And that's, you know, when you talk to different stakeholders, try to get their opinions of, you know, what might happen, what would be important, what might move the needle. And then, yeah, absolutely is, is sort of listening, filing real-time headlines. And this is, you know, if you look at a Bloomberg or Reuters or Dow Jones, they're still doing that today in real time. And then trying to storify it, giving it, you know, context to the audience to understand, like, you know, not just, you know, Sun Life or whichever company has made an announcement, but what does that actually mean and what are the implications for it? So it, it's a whole process and it was very, very exciting to put together. You, you know, you must have some thoughts on journalism today. It, it's a it's a tough world. Uh, fewer outlets. It's. Uh, do you find it tougher now that you're on the other side trying to build relationships with the media, or do you think your your time in the media has helped you uh, to be able to tell those stories? So I'd say two things. One, you know, if you're a reporter right now, like you know, I have my utmost respect because it is it's such a tough world right now. Even putting aside the pandemic, like we know the media have to do more with less. There's you know much more competitive pressure um, to get this right to be first out there. So all of those those factors, it's it's an incredibly tough world right now. So uh, you know hats off to to the reporters who do what they do. Uh, was my experience as a reporter helpful in in communications? Absolutely, it was, and still continues to be to this day. Like my team. We had our hang our hat on the fact that we have excellent relationships with the media, not only, you know, just have them, but maintain them so that we're constantly talking to reporters informally, but just understand, OK, what's going on in the newsroom right now? What are you guys thinking? Where, where are some of the, the pressures, you know, editorially and how can we help, you know, perhaps make your life better that way? My my decision to leave the media, and of course, this was way before you, but I, I, I left uh, CKO Radio to go to the Toronto Stock Exchange back in 1988, and it was a much, it was a much different world. But my motivation was there was only so much money I could make in journalism, and the hours were a bit crazy. Uh, what prompted you to jump over the fence and go to communications? It's a great question. Uh, so I had just finished with the global financial crisis, or rather, the global financial crisis had just completed. And I mean, talk about an amazing experience. People think about, you know, that period of time is like there's chaos and job loss, and, and there certainly was, but it was also an opportunity as a reporter who's writing about, you know, Canadian financial institutions on a global stage. Uh, and you can talk about how, you know, Canada was the envy of the world at that time. So had that, you know, tremendous experience. And then 
towards the end of it, it wasn't necessarily job stability or anything like that, but I just felt like I was doing the same thing over and over again. It felt like the movie Groundhog Day, yeah. where it's like Bill Murray's character having the same conversations, thinking about the same things, like to the point where I could recite the story I was about to write in my head before I put pen to paper. Um, so I just, I needed another challenge. And I spent probably about two years just talking to all the contacts that I'd built up over the years. And I'm sure you and I had that conversation at one point. And just trying to understand, okay, if I move over to communications, because like, as you know, it's very much considered selling out in the media industry yeah. if, you, if you move over there. So what does a typical day look like? What are the challenges? What are the opportunities? And is it something that, you know, if I move over, would I have longevity there? Would it be a challenging career? So was really planful about how I did it and waiting for sort of the right time, the right opportunity, um, which is exactly what I found at Manulife about eight or so years ago. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned you know your work during that uh, the global market crisis in two thousand eight. I went from I left the exchange in the summer of two thousand eight and started at Sun Life in August of two thousand eight. So you can imagine what my first two years were. <laughs> it was sure. uh, it was an absolutely crazy time, and I'm sure we we spoke on the phone during that period. But it's all a bit of a blur. I've noticed. Um, with your work at 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 Manulife, you are always talking about the team. You're 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 a big booster in uh, of the of the organization, uh, and it's funny because I I think as communicators we are effective at different levels. I I found I was very effective at the exchange where it was a 500 person organization at the time, and I was effective at IBC, which was a you know, 300 person organization. But when I went to Sun Life, it was this 30,000 person organization. And, and it's, you know, on par with Manu. Uh, do, you, do you find sometimes that the companies are too big or are you able to get to who you need to get to to be able to tell your stories? It, it, it's absolutely a large organization. And I think with any global financial services company, you're going to find that there's there's different opportunities and different challenges. So to talk about my team for a second, yeah, absolutely. I always say like the, the best team in PR, uh, we've just got a phenomenal group of people who are just super dedicated, very hardworking and, and so, so proud of everything they're doing. But the other thing that's happened is during the pandemic, we found more opportunities as a global uh, communications outlet, to, to really just to, to connect more. And to the point where, you know, we were having, you know, meetings every night uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, just trying to understand What's next? What do we need to communicate to all of our stakeholders? So it was a way to sort of break down silos and just to get to know each other better and understand each other better. Um, so there's been a lot of progress on that front. What have you learned about yourself during the pandemic and getting away from the team, although you, you meet with them virtually, uh, and, and having to work from home? Yeah, so I, I'm the first to say I'm not a fan of, of working at home. It, it, it's the reality. It, it's what it is. And I know, you know, certainly for a company like Manulife, like we're putting the, the health and safety of our employees first, which completely understand that. But I do miss that in-person experience, even just like the water cooler conversations. Um, so, you know, like we've we've tried to replicate that as much as possible. Like we have regular touch points with my team every single day even if it's just a 15 minute stand up call or something like that. Uh, and then just, you know, even on Fridays, we do sort of a casual Friday type of thing just to shoot the breeze and, and, you know, 
less shop talk and things like that to make it feel a little bit more real. But I guess, you know, what, what I've learned is like, you know, we are a team and we support each other in every way. And I've needed that a lot of times. Like there have been times where it's frankly just been really, really overwhelming. So to have the support of other people is is so important. So that's, that's one of the big things I think I've learned, especially, you know, this year too, where I feel it's, it's weighed on me more than maybe it had even in the early days of the pandemic. Now, you spend your career learning from people, talking to people. You talked about that before you 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 went over to manual life. And now you're in a position where there are people who report to you, younger people in the communications field. What advice do you have for the next generation of communicators? Yeah, it's it, it's it is such an interesting world right now. Like we've onboarded a handful of people, maybe more than a handful of people virtually. So it, it's a different experience than than meeting them in the office. But, you know, generally what I always tell members of my team and anyone else, you know, that maybe I connect with is just to ask questions, like do it respectfully, but push back. If, if this is, you know, the type of thing we're doing because it's the way it's always been done, that's not okay. Like we want to know why and can we change? Can we make it better? So I, I always joke with my team, I'm only right 99.9% of the time. And, you know, so we have the, the ability, to, you know, to, to just ask questions like I'm, you know, and, and change the conversation. And so I really, I really enjoy that back and forth with folks so that, you know, we can make our end product better. And, and that's, that's just huge. So anybody starting out, you've really got to be able to show what you can contribute. And then the other thing is, like, no one will ever do as good a job promoting your work as you will. So you know, you re- I'm very active on LinkedIn, for example, just, you know, showing all the great things that Manulife is doing, but just even from a personal development and from a brand, personal brand point of view, just doing that. And I really encourage people to, to you know, show their, their own humanity and do it themselves and, and what works best for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in that, too. And I think that you need to be active. You have to be careful. You need to be active across the uh, platforms. I always said being a communicator was a bit like being a source and a resource. So I would often reach out to, to reporters and, and do that. I know along your time, I know you're, 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 you've been, you're helpful to your team. You're helpful to your organization. You've always been helpful whenever I've asked for something. I remember when my son was in journalism school, you, you took the time to, to meet with him. He's no longer in journalism, but uh, he appreciated that. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, it's so great for me to watch what people have developed into, because again, when we first met, you were young in the, in the, in the media world. And now you've, you've, you've grown into this tremendous position. And I, uh, I congratulate I'm much, you. On, much less young as well. By now. Yeah, well, but, but I congratulate you on your success. And I, uh, I can tell that you're still very passionate about it. And, uh, and, and I hope that this just continues and you guys have a successful run. Yeah, no, thank you. And, and, you know, so I talked about the global financial crisis earlier and what an opportunity that was as a journalist. This past year and a half has been that same different opportunity, but the same kind of thing where, you know, you've got to look at it as the, you know, communications opportunity of a lifetime. So I'm really like super excited about what we're still continuing to do every day because it's it's still fun. It's challenging. And it's like, you know, you're making a difference with with a lot of this work. So it's, it's still very energizing. And that that is probably a good way to wrap this up because it's the good that we try to do and that we always have a, a line of sight to the, to the, to the customer and then to the people. So 
thank you so much for for joining me today. Thank you, Steve. Uh, the next phase with Steve Key podcast is on most of the podcast networks. If you have a great story to tell, like Sean's, uh, drop me a line. I'll feature you in a story. Uh, until we speak again, have a great day. <laughs>